It's been a painful month for stock investors, and the volatility shows no real signs of abating. While financial advisors' first bit of advice is always to sit tight and not worry, sometimes that's easier said than done. I'm Alex Yule, and today on The Readback, we're joined by Barron's senior writer, Jack Howe, whose latest feature gives readers permission to explore their emotions just a bit more. Jack, welcome back to the podcast. Always good to be here. I loved your piece this week, primarily because it was really a nice alternative to this typical advice we always hear during times of market volatility, and that's don't panic. Plunging 800 points on Wednesday and falling about 600 on Thursday, the Dow is taking a hit. The Dow has now lost all of its gains for 2018. It may seem chaotic and scary if you have money in the market, but experts say just stay calm. Don't panic. Don't sell. Just need to breathe through it and chill a little bit. Stop yourself from panicking. You should not make decisions in a panic. Well, everyone does panic at some point. What happens if you're a human being? I mean, what if you're a person who understands the math, you know that you should be invested in stocks, you know that when stock prices go lower, well, that's the time to buy. That's what, you know, the courageous people always say. But, like, you have to live with yourself when you go home at the end of the day. You have to sleep at night. Um, And if you're someone who has a history of pulling your money out of stocks, if the Dow goes down another several thousand points in short order know yourself a little bit, better to have a little controlled panic now than a big out-of-control panic down the road. So this is a stock version of find the exit, walk, do not run, but maybe it's okay to sort of open that door a little bit. Right. And we've gone 10 years now where you've gotten nothing on your cash in your bank account, you know, you, you stopped asking years ago what bank accounts were paying because the answer is nothing. <laughs> right. But suddenly when you look around, there are accounts out there, savings accounts, bank savings, where you can get 2% right now. And that's because the Federal Reserve has been raising interest rates. And there's a clear path. I mean, the Fed has been pretty open about what they're going to do from here. So I would expect those savings accounts to be paying 3% within a year. You've provided readers with a bit of a roadmap for panic. Tell us more about that. <laughs> it sounds like a weird how-to, how to, how to panic effectively. That's, uh, that's where you're going to come to at Barron's.com. It's going to be the top <laughs> entry on Google going forward. Well, first, d- since you're doing it thoughtfully and ahead of time, we're going to do it only a little bit. If you're someone who normally have 60% in stocks, maybe consider bringing that down to 50%. You're not bailing out of the market altogether because you know that over the long run, you want to have some money in stocks. The, you know, Probably the bulk of your money in stocks, depending on who you are have a plan to get back into stocks, right? Maybe your plan is for the next five years, you're going to shift a couple percent a year back into stocks from here. So you're going to get the peace of mind in the short run. In the long run, you're going to get the allocation that's right for you. And then think about what you want to sell. Now, if you're just someone who has index funds or mutual funds, then it's pretty easy to sell some of your stock funds. If you have individual stocks, Maybe think about picking and choosing according to what the financial world is going to look like over the next couple of years. We're talking about rising interest rates. What kind of stocks tend to do poorly when rates rise like that? Well, first I think of stocks with giant dividend yields and not much dividend growth because those tend to trade like bonds. Those are utilities perhaps? Sometimes, yeah. Okay. And some of the maybe consumer staple stocks where, where you don't have tremendous growth. People buy them for yield and those yields look less attractive as broader rates rise. 
But the other group is almost totally the opposite of that, what you would call story stocks. Tesla. Okay, yes, Tesla. A story stock is one where there's not a lot of earnings now. There's not going to be a lot next year or the year after. But there's tremendous growth or tremendous potential of some form where we look 10 years down the road and we say, wow, this company's going to be a big earner at some point. And I'm willing to wait for it. But the key is we've been talking about opportunity cost. There's an opportunity cost for waiting. And the cost is the return that you could get sitting in something else. And in a world of 0% interest rates, there's no opportunity cost for waiting around for a story stock to play out. But in a world where suddenly you're foregoing 2%, 3% in your bank account, there's a higher cost, and those stocks are worth less because of it. I also think that the stock market is a little bit pricier than average right now. People in the investing business always like to think of themselves as physicists. They try to use a lot of science and data and research, but it's fraught with problems when you do that. When you start saying, well, stocks are close to 17 times earnings now, and we can look at the past 20 years of history and say, hey, that's right where they should be. But the past 20 years weren't normal. We had right. a couple of stock bubbles. We had a big global uh, you know, financial meltdown. So, I'd really urge our readers to read your story because you got some great lines in there. I wanted to read one of them. The subject of whether stock prices are normal or not is fraught with analytical slush puddles. Grab your galoshes. What is a slush puddle? This is what I mean. That anybody going into the conversation with an agenda, you know, I can sit down and I can write, I think, a convincing argument that stocks are very cheap right now. If I want to write that argument, I say, well, you know, the 10-year treasury historically has been 6% on average, and right now, you know, it's half that. And so that means the stock prices should be higher than usual. And, you know, go stocks. And if I want to write the opposite kind of story, and I want to say things are so expensive, it's a dire condition, here comes the crash, then, then I'll say something like, well, corporate profit margins are so much higher than usual right now, and you have to adjust for that. And when you do, you find that stocks are extravagantly priced. So there, there are so many different ways to frame an argument if you have an agenda um, that I just think the conversation of whether stocks are cheap or expensive right now is, you, you can read a lot of things that are misleading about it. Using the, the most plain vanilla measures I can find, they tell me that stocks are just a little bit pricier than average right now. I think that's, that goes back to the opportunity cost. If you want to pull a little money out of stocks, I think the cost of doing that right now is not especially high. Yeah. So you talk about the opportunity cost, and I think that has something to do with this savings rate. I have a Chase checking account. I actually asked them recently, why are you guys not doing anything better than 0.1% on a savings account. I see all these higher rates out there, and they had no answer for me. Explain a little bit about where you find those actual 2% rates. You can search online. There are a lot of services that compare bank savings rates online. But what you find when you look at the best rates out there is you're not going to get them from Chase or Citibank or any of the big national chains of branches. They provide different services. The ones that offer the best rates are the ones that are leaner in terms of their corporate structure, that often don't have branches, younger, but they're not necessarily startups. One example, I saw a high rate recently from Marcus, which is a bank that no one's heard of, and you'll see some of the U.S. divisions of Canadian banks, or you'll see some of the credit card companies, Capital One, and you know, Discover, they might have things out there. I've looked at some of these lists of banks offering higher rates before, and it's kind of littered with names, as you mentioned, that 
no one's really heard of. Are those an okay place to go? Well, you want to bank with FDIC insurance, certainly. Just remind us what the FDIC is. It stands for Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, and it's a government corporation that insures bank deposits, and it was created in the Great Depression to increase confidence in banks, and so the coverage goes up to $250,000 per account right now. And that came out of the financial crisis, right? It used to be 100000 That's right. I think that FDIC provides a lot of reassurance. Maybe for some of our listeners who are younger and have never lived through a period of higher savings, uh, FDIC matters. I think people are going to have to relearn the rules of like how you even go about putting money at a bank to collect interest. I mean, imagine the thought. People haven't done that in a decade. <laughs> Do you still need that green check register book? <laughs> I don't think they have those anymore, no. I think, it's, uh, I think there's more stuff done, uh, done online right now. And there's a clear path. I mean, the Fed has been pretty open about what they're going to do from here. So I would expect those savings accounts to be paying 3% within a year. It's impossible not to read about the Fed's rate hike plans of late. Every quarter, it seems we've been hearing about the latest Fed rate hike, sometimes more than every quarter. Mr. President, welcome to Fox News at Night. Hi, Shannon. There's one man out there who's particularly opposed to these rate hikes. Uh, The problem that I have is with the Fed. The Fed is going wild. I mean, I don't know what their problem is, but they're raising interest rates, and it's ridiculous. And a lot of us who buy stocks or write about stocks also see it as bad news. It's bad for mortgages. You now have to spend more to buy a house. That's weighing on the housing market. There is one way in which these rate hikes, though, can really benefit the consumer. Well, yes. I mean, and also, they're not entirely a bad sign. We, we have these rate hikes because the economy is getting stronger, right? So that's a sign that things are getting back to normal. But you're also getting more money in your savings accounts right now. And that long stretch of 0% savings rates we had in bank accounts, that might have been great for stock investors, but it was really not so great for the mom and pop savers out there that only have a few bucks in the bank account. They're getting nothing on their money. So some degree of getting back to normal is okay. The president's been outspoken that he doesn't want the Fed to raise rates. It's unusual for a president to be saying those things, and so that's ruffled some feathers. For me, if we get to a point where the president is firing two Fed chairmen a month in order to try to find one that won't raise rates anymore, that's a big problem. If the president is just firing off some opinions on Twitter or elsewhere about what he thinks should happen, I'm not so concerned. There's one other option beyond savings accounts. You talk a little bit about actually buying treasuries, which are going to yield you a little bit more than a typical savings account, right? Can you tell us how we do that? If you're in the fortunate position of having much more cash to put to work and that FDIC uh, insurance limit is just not reasonable for you, if you're putting millions of dollars into cash, then uh, treasuries, you can put your money in a safe place, lock it up for a short time. And the yields are really competitive right now, especially on what we call the short end of the yield curve, meaning those, those shorter treasuries, six months, one year. Treasury is a government bond for any number of years, one, two, five, or ten and all but guaranteed by the federal government, correct? Yes. Treasuries are about as safe as anything out there you can buy. And how do we actually buy them? Tell us the mechanics for that. Well, you can buy them through whoever you buy your stocks from, a regular brokerage firm. Just tell them that you want to buy some treasuries and tell them you want to participate in the next auction. It's a good way to buy fresh new bonds. And the importance of freshness is that when you participate in the auction, you often buy them cheaply. Often the transaction costs for doing that are quite low. Whereas if you buy bonds in the secondary market, you might be buying bonds that have 
markups and you're not quite sure of what the fee is. Barron's is really known for its contrarian advice. I take two particularly contrarian points from your story this week. One, it's okay to sell. It's okay to actually draw down a bit on your stock portfolio, even in a time of weakness. Pretty different from the typical advice. And then number two, it's okay to use savings accounts again. Yeah. And I don't want people to think that I'm down on stocks. I don't want them thinking that I'm predicting the next tumble for stocks. Anytime someone asks me, where are stocks going from here? My answer is always the same. They're going up. I have a very low degree of confidence about the next one year, but I'm still going to guess up because they go up historically more years than they go down. Over the next 10 years, I'm you know, pretty confident that stocks are going to go up. So I feel good about the long-term direction of the stock market, but there's sometimes in our business, there's just a little too much bravado, right? There's a little too much of people saying, hey, look at how scientific I am pointing out to the, you know, the history of stocks and what you should do. And mathematically, here's the best uh, you know, thing for you. We have to acknowledge that people are human beings. They have to feel comfortable with their decisions. If these past market gyrations have gotten you losing sleep at night, give in to those instincts, but give in just a little bit in a controlled way and with a plan. Yeah, you have a great line where you say that there's one good time to panic before everyone else. That's right. Jack, thanks so much for joining us again. It's always great to have you here. Thank you. You can read Jack Howe's full story in this week's Barron's or, as always, at barrons.com. Check out barrons.com slash panic. I'm Alex Yule. The show is produced by Meta Lutzhoff. As always, thanks for listening. Before we leave, a quick favor. If you're listening on your iPhone or via iTunes, please rate our show and leave a quick review. We'd love to hear what you think. The Readback will return next week.